Hello and welcome to the whole the Shahina podcast. I am your host Arya Lara and I am going to speak today about the divine feminine. So I welcome you to take a moment to ground into your body, right hand over your heart, the left over your womb space if you are of the masculine persuasion. It would be the opposite. Your left hand over your heart, your right over your womb. When you take a deep inhale, envisioning cosmic light pouring from the cosmic womb of creation, Allah, the Divine Mother, Father, God, Goddess. Allowing it to flow through you, cleansing and purifying. as you ground and connect into the earth, allowing you to be open to receive this transmission. As I call forth the Divine Feminine and all her emanations, calling forth the Kaliak, the Chrome, and Celtic Wisdom. Calling forth Mother Eve in her purest incarnation, or in her purest essence. Mary Magdalene, Isis, the Hathors, the Seven Pleiadian Sisters. There are so many names for the Divine Feminine. Mamakia, the Moon Goddess in the Andes. Pachamama, Mother Earth, also the Andean region. Hecate, goddess of the crossroads. She is considered a Greek goddess, but she is far more ancient than the Greek pantheon. There is Elat. There is Astarte, Asherah. The divine feminine is ancient. She is cosmic. She is earthly. She is all things. The divine feminine is that essence of creation, of pure creation. And some people think that there is a chaotic element to it. And while creation can seem chaotic, creation is not chaos. There is a harmony, there is a balance, there is a, an ebb and a flow, a natural rhythm to creation. This is that divine cosmic harmony, that rhythm of the cosmos that is creation. And this is the feminine. The feminine is fertile, the feminine is creation, the feminine is wisdom. Sophia, Chokhmah, like all of these are other names that we have for the feminine, Shekhinah. I don't know if I mentioned that one. So the feminine is all things. She is all that is. She is creation. She is the earth. She is in everything. And she is in you, just as the divine masculine is within you. And the feminine likes to flow. And our society is such that there is no flow. There is only a, a push forward, an ever-advancing, relentless pursuit of something something outside of you, whether it is wealth, 
whether it is status, whether it is money, whether it is, I don't know, what else do we pursue? We pursue um, as women, actually men too. You pursue, one pursues un, unachievable standards of beauty. So let's go into beauty. Beauty can be defined as harmony. It can be defined as pleasing to the eye, pleasing to the senses, not just the eye. It can be a voice. It can be the, the touch of, let's say, you like soft, warm, fluffy things. That is part of that feminine energy. So the feminine really is everything, as I mentioned. So and in relating to beauty, beauty is that, that ability for a being to hold, to hold light, to hold this brilliant, magnetic, expansive life force. That is what people construe as beauty. And it can be the way someone speaks. It can be the way that they put words together, that there is a harmony, there is a flow, there is, there is a way that it can kind of cut through everything and just hit you right in the heart get you right where you need it like it's that that precise phrase that you needed at that low moment that is beauty it is not a construct in the way that we in this world have received it we've been trained that either you are pleasing to the eyes of whoever or according to societal standards or you're not you know, either you are too skinny, too fat, and we grow up with these with these stories as women and as men and as beings on this earth. These stories that we tell ourselves, that we've taken on from other people, that isn't that that aren't true. They are illusions. They are they are falsities. They are kind of static. That's the way I just saw it. Kind of static in the field. So if you envision your energy field. These beliefs that are not yours and that are not true, that are not in alignment with your soul, and that is what I mean by true. Um, here in this world that we are living in, there is truth in terms of science, what has been proven by science, what has been proven, proven by um, our experience. However, there is a truth that is far more expansive, there is a truth that is far more, that actually is a higher level of truth. And that is the truth that your soul is connected to. That is the truth of all that is. That is the truth of God, goddess. That is that, is that cosmic truth, that cosmic wisdom. It would actually be more accurate because that wisdom is what we bring down and allows us to infuse our being with this infinite light of creation and infuse our thoughts, our words, and our actions with alignment with our highest good. And our highest good is not going to be one that, that conflicts with that 
of another being because they have their highest truth and they have their way of expressing their light. And this is what, in terms of beauty, this is what we don't receive. We don't receive that every being is on this earth plane, has chosen to incarnate, has chosen their physical vessel, they've chosen their their natal chart, they've chosen their circumstances, they've chosen their parents, and it's not as a this is a this is the struggle, this is kind of and this is something that religion, whether it is um, any kind of orthodoxy in religion, whether it is a Buddhist orthodoxy or Judeo-Christian, Islamic, it doesn't matter what kind of orthodoxy it is. It is that rigidity of believing that everything is, is known. Even I see it, um, actually my, one of my teachers has mentioned this as well, you can see it now in astrology. It's like if there's a fatalistic element to it, when everything that you have chosen as your soul contract you chose not for you to suffer not for you to endure but for you to transcend for you to utilize the building blocks of this cosmic lego set or this cosmic suit that you're creating and you know some people need a little more time in their suit some people need a little more rosemary. Some people need a little more of a nutmeggy, spicy element to their soup, like ginger. It's it all depends on that particular being, and our society has not trained us or conditioned us to believe that every being is infinitely graceful, beautiful, abundant, fertile, creative and is exactly who they're supposed to be. Most of us weren't taught, you know, from a young age, we weren't taught you are perfect and whole and complete just as you are. You don't need anything outside of you to teach you, to show you, just look within. Look within, align with your heart, align with your soul, because when we align with our heart, we're aligning with our soul. And yes, there are many of us that have um, healing to do with our heart, with being loved, with being accepted, with being cherished, with being um, seen and really loving and allowing ourselves to receive love. But again, this is all stuff that we're here to transcend. So beauty is one of the feminine qualities and beauty can manifest whether you're masculine, feminine, or whatever you are. Beauty is just the ability to emanate your light. Your purest, most authentic expression, that is beauty. And that is what makes any being beautiful, luminous, radiant, attractive. And even the word attractive, words are spells. <laughs> So our words are important. So we call someone, we envision someone, we think of someone as attractive. The word has attract. Attract is to magnetize, to bring something to you. So there is something about that person that draws you to them. 
your eyes, your voice, your being wants to be around that person. And that has nothing to do with your physical meat suit that we chose on this particular jaunt, jaunt around the sun. It's got nothing to do with it. Someone can be physically the most harmonious looking person. Um, their face can be symmetrical and whatnot. Their body can be symmetrical in all kinds of whatever shapes it is that you find appealing. And yet that person may be the most toxic, the most negative, the most disharmonious person within. And over time, that beauty that we perceive that is subjective, that changes according to whatever the modes are, the societal modes of the century or of the decade, that person is, is not going to age gracefully because there's so much bitterness, so much anger, so much hostility, so much hurt within that being that their outward expression is eventually going to mirror the, that of what they hold within. It's like the, um, I don't know if you've heard of the, the book, The Portrait of Dorian Gray. I can't remember when I read it, but it was a really it was a really powerful book because it spoke of a young man who was a Victorian was it a Victorian or it might have been in Victorian England, one of those period periods in English history. This um, that wasn't the Tudor had to be after that. Um, so. Edwardian, Victorian, England, can't remember exactly when, I think it was the 1800s. Um, so don't quote me on the period, but it was an English young man. Apparently he was very beautiful, very gifted, very blessed. He was, he was just radiant in his youth. And he was so afraid of losing his beauty that he made a pact with the devil. And he, and I will get to the devil part after this story. So he made a pact with the devil to grant him eternal beauty um, because he had this portrait made of him. Back up a little bit. So he had a portrait made of him at the height of his beauty and he was so beautiful that every major painter wanted to paint him. So he finally got a portraitist to paint his picture and he saw it, how beautiful he was and he really began to feel afraid of losing his looks. So he made a deal with the devil and the devil basically said, okay, you will be this beautiful forever. However, the terms of the deal was, I don't quite remember, but um, the terms of the deal were succinctly, um, he would be beautiful for the rest of his life and he could do whatever he wanted and he would just stay young and youthful forever. So what happened was, so he began to engage in all kinds of depraved and just unsavory, very mean-spirited, very nasty behaviors. Um, he would torture people, he would just engage in all kinds of things that were not, um, that were not of a, a high, when we speak of um, spirituality, they weren't aligned with his highest expression of his soul. They weren't aligned with the light. They were just like carnal, base, all the things that are like seedy and underhanded and all that. 
he would cheat, he would lie, he would all things. And what he noticed was that as time went by, his picture, his portrait, got uglier and uglier and uglier. So the more that he did, because he was never satisfied, he was engaging in, in the world with, from the ego perspective, and the ego is never satisfied. The ego always thinks there's something more, there's something somewhere else, there's the grass is greener. The ego is always thinking about something else and never in the present moment. The heart is in the present moment. So he was always pursuing something outside of himself in, in chasing this high. And over time, that high became harder and harder to sustain, so he would just have to do more and more and more. So his picture kept getting uglier and uglier and uglier until um, he had to hide it away in his attic. So some years later, he decided that he was going to you know, go take a look. Like every now and then he would take a look at his picture. So someday he would go to his attic and look at the picture and kind of like be like, hmm, is that really me? And finally he, he got so, he was so, it was so grotesque that he decided he wanted to destroy the picture. So he plunged a knife into the picture. And what happened was his servants found him and he was dead. He was like, he was, he was like his physical body became that of the picture and the picture that he stabbed was still the young, beautiful Dorian of, of hundreds of years ago. So the moral of the story is that there is no like, the beauty of your physical body really isn't in the physical, it's in your soul. It's in that light that you shine. It's in that, that effortless way that you smile, that you share love, joy, beauty, that you share of your heart. That is beauty. That is the true beauty of the soul. And that, I feel, is what we are all here to encourage and support and inspire each other to share and to embody. To embody your soul, embody your light, and express it in the way that is uniquely you. So we are in the portal, the Gemini portal, and Gemini is the twins. And Gemini, while it is about duality, it is about duality seeking union, seeking oneness, seeking wholeness, remembering that duality isn't your true nature. Your true nature is oneness. You are this, you are one with all that is. You are one with the divine, you are one with the earth, you are one with the trees and the squirrels running in the yard and the birds flying above. You are one with all that is. Everything, every being around you is a reflection of you. So I mentioned I was going to speak about um, the concept of Satan, of the devil, um, which we just uh, spoke a little bit about in the story. So in there are many thoughts on this. And I was raised Buddhist, even though I don't practice um, Buddhism anymore, because I found that um, I my soul needed less masculine structure. 
And I, you know what? That is something that's coming to me. I'm going to share my experience with Buddhism and why I don't, why I believe that it's not the correct teaching for everyone and why I believe that there is no harmony to it. Um, while there are some harmonious aspects to Buddhism, um, I believe that its current expression is more masculine and it doesn't teach you how to, how to embody both your masculine and your feminine and how to honor both. And I believe that we need both in order to, we need to be balanced in both our masculine and our feminine and by balance, I don't mean that everything is equal. I mean we know how to ebb and flow between the two energies and know how to utilize them for whatever point in time that we're in. And that's going to change throughout our lives. So in Buddhism, there, the concept of evil, of, of the devil, can be personified in many ways. And one of the ways that it's personified, it, it's as if, um, it's basically defined as the the negative functions that seek to how does it put the negative functions that lead you to believe that you are not one that you are not um, in this Buddhism it would be Myoho Renge Kyo is the the name of like that cosmic intelligence so what we call God Goddess Alaha that um, that God-Goddess concept is, um, would be Myoho Renge Kyo. It's a cosmic law. So we are all supposed to be one with this law. However, when we, when we believe ourselves to be separate, when we believe something to be outside of ourselves, then we are not one with this law. And it's the same thing in the Aramaic thought, um, the, the Gnostic Christianity, the original Christianity that Yeshua and Mary Magdalene, Mother Mary practiced. That concept of sin was not remembering that you are oneness, that you are one with Allah, that you are one with all that is. Same thing with the concept of the devil. The devil is something that keeps you, it, it's something that keeps you from understanding that you are infinite, you are a spark of the divine. You are this oneness with the infinite consciousness. All things are you, are mirrors of you. So that is something I wanted to share because that does have to do with the feminine. And there are many, um, many people that kind of view that, well, if you're in the feminine, you know, you, you know, you need to basically be flowy. You need to be, you know, all airy fairy and you know not being angry not being you know loud or not being you know whatever like if there are so many so many misconceptions of of how one embodies the feminine and my way of embodiment is the way that i teach embodiment is that it's however it is that that person feels. It's you, you know how you can embody your feminine. You just need to connect to your womb space. You just need to connect to your light, to your infinite creation. And some people embody femininity 
in a way that, you know, they love to garden or they love to cook or they love to create or they sing or they dance or they chant or they, they nurture, they love their children. You know, all of these ways are beautiful ways of embodying the feminine. It doesn't have to look one way. It's not about getting pedicures and spa treatments and drinking champagne all day. Although if you want to do that, by all means. <laughs> but it's, that is a very superficial and overly simplistic way of viewing the feminine. The feminine is creation. The feminine is always birthing something. Um, I sometimes get caught up in birthing and creating that I don't quite nurture my creations as I, do, as I should. And I'm learning harmony in that. I'm learning that there is a balance to that. It's like, okay, this, this came through, allow me to, to give this my love, give this my attention. And once we give birth to something, in a sense, it's kind of like we die. Um, it's like we, we basically experience a rebirth. It's the same thing with when a woman becomes a mother. The, the moment that the moment that you give birth to that child, to that being through you, that you've been nurturing and growing and, and supporting, the moment that you give birth, your being, who you thought you were, dies. <laughs> like there is a profound metamorphosis that happens through pregnancy and through birth. And it is a death and a rebirth. But then if we think about it, everything in our lives, every crucial moment is a death and a rebirth. Every, every time we've had some kind of major, you know, major moment where we've had to really look at ourselves and in a sense, see what we're made of, see what our values are, see what we, what we truly wish to embody and shed something that we no longer want, when, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, whether it is something we've been doing for years that isn't working. That's, that's a death and a rebirth. And so many of us are taught a very masculine framework of no, you have to push, you have to and that brings me back to Buddhism. You have to push, you have to go through it. You have to, and I'm not saying you don't have to go through it. I'm just saying you don't have to fight. You don't have to push. You don't have to be angry. You don't have to, you don't have to be in this, in this linear way of viewing how our path is, how our life is. Not everyone is supposed to be the same. This is the beauty of our humanity, the beauty of our humanity is that there are so many of us who hold so many beautiful gifts. And while I may be an operatic soprano and someone else may be a jazz singer and someone else may, may be an expert in singing Gregorian chants and we all have the gift of the voice. However, we all gift that, we all share that gift through our vessel in a different way. And there is no one 
one is better than the other. It's just what is it that feeds your soul right now? In this moment, what is it that is feeding your soul? What is it that you are aligning to? Are you aligning to an essence that is disharmonious with your own? And perhaps that is why it is so difficult for you to, you know, follow the path that you're on. Maybe that's not the way that, that your path is supposed to be. Maybe that practice no longer serves you. Maybe that relationship has served its purpose. Maybe that job has served its purpose. And it doesn't mean that something, whatever that is, or that part of you that you need to let go, it doesn't mean that it didn't serve its purpose. It doesn't mean that there is something you know, bad about it all of a sudden, that it makes it a bad person or a bad thought or a bad limiting whatever it is. It may be a limiting belief, but it may not be. It may just be that, hey, you know what? I decided that I shouldn't uh, drink so much. It's not good for me. The alcohol in and of itself is not, I mean, it's a poison, but the alcohol in and of itself is not the bad thing. It is the use, because alcohol on a wound can disinfect it. But an overconsumption of alcohol in your body is a toxin that takes time for your body to process and some of it may over time cause irreparable damage so again it is not about the thing it is about what you're doing with it is it really serving your alignment is it serving your soul is it serving the gifts that you're here to share and this is the feminine the feminine is having the wisdom to know when something is for you and honor what has been for you and yet know when it's time to let it go. And that letting go part is the hardest part because we aren't taught that. We aren't taught that it's okay to stop doing something that hurts. But if you were to tell a child that keeps poking its finger into I don't know, what would children, sockets, you know, even a child knows not to, like once it pokes his head in the, in the finger, <laughs> head, <laughs> not head, once, once it burns its finger, a child knows not to do it anymore. But yet, as grown-ups, we constantly put ourselves through situations where that we know are painful, that we know don't serve us, that we know don't bring us joy or laughter or peace or harmony, or blessings, but we think that because we we chose this, and this is this is where Buddhism and I don't get along. This is your karma. You chose this. Like, okay, I chose it. But do I have to keep choosing it? Is that what it means to transform your karma? I don't think so. I don't think you I don't think your ability to transcend something for years and years and years and years and years requires you to be suffering with it for years and years and years and years. What one needs to do in that situation, in any situation where we have a pattern that is coming to the surface, is get to the root cause. What is causing that? Where is the trauma within me that is manifesting as this out here? 
and go within. You don't need to stay in that toxic relationship. And this I'm speaking just for me. Like you don't need to stay in that toxic relationship to transform that relationship. That's not healthy. But we aren't taught that and we aren't given the support system that we need to transcend that. And oftentimes, religion keeps us in that. Keeps us in that. No, it's till death do you part. No, we don't accept divorce. No, you know, you have to change your karma. Just chant more. Fuck that. <laughs> That's what I have to say to that. No. Um, it's not... That is not, again, that is a masculine way of moving through the world when what one needs to do is be in harmony and alignment with flow, with ease, with the feminine wisdom within you that knows what, it, what you need to do. And sometimes we need to find new friends. We need to find community community that actually understands and accepts and values us community that isn't judging because so many people we're, we're taught we're wired to judge it just is what it is we're wired to judge so how do we rewire our brain we rewire the neurons firing we rewire our heart in a sense so we can be open and forgiving and loving and kind and joyous. And sure, some people at work may annoy the hell out of you, but you, you, all you need to do is ground your energy, keep your energy sovereign. Understand that's not about you. Whatever that other person is doing is never about you. Whether it's at work, whether it's in a relationship, in family dynamics, in friendships, most of what people do, if not all of it, has nothing to do with you. It is all an expression of whatever it is, whatever stuff they've collected over their lifetime or lifetimes. That's all it is. And what we're doing here, especially if you're listen to, listening to me, is we're looking for the way and the path to awaken, to awaken our soul, to awaken more of our gifts, to expand, to be, to be in abundance, to embody love, to embody that frequency of unconditional love, of beauty, of joy, of abundance, of all of these divine feminine qualities. The feminine is growth. It is fertility, it is expansion, it is abundance, it is wisdom, it is sovereignty. Sovereignty, I love that word. Sovereignty means to be whole and complete onto yourself. So you yourself are whole and complete. Why? Because you are infinite oneness, you are infinite consciousness, this is you. And when we can embody this, then there is flow, there is joy, there is laughter. Then you can even laugh at yourself when you're having a fight with your boyfriend. It's like you do realize this is stupid, right? We're fighting over nothing. And hopefully, he's someone or she's someone that 
or they or someone that is self-aware enough to be like, yeah, I don't want to do this either. <laughs> Why are we doing this? And then you just have a chat. You have a dialogue and you laugh. And you remember that you are here to co-create something. This relationship is your collective co-creation. And are you co-creating it with the divine? Or are you co-creating it from your traumas, from your stuff, the unprocessed subconscious that so many of us, you know, just stuff down. It's like we don't want to deal with it. I'm like, no, 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 you have to deal with it. Because whatever comes up for you, whether you find my words triggering, ooh, then we're going to get to that part. Okay. I just keep getting hits to what to, of what to get to. Okay, um, whether some whether you find my words or someone else's words triggering, the question is, why do you find these words or my words or that person's words triggering? What is it in you that is that it's pointing you to look at? So I have a friend that so I love I love speaking like about my queendom like i love calling myself a queen i love calling myself a goddess i actually think it was goddess i don't think it was queen um but i also call all my sisters goddesses and queens because i believe that every being and and my brothers in faith my brothers and in, in my in my community i call them kings because this is my beloved is my king so because every being that is in their sovereignty, in their power, is that full divine masculine or divine feminine expression, is, is it looking to embody it as best they can, okay? So, my friend, I forget what conversation we were having, um, it was a while ago, and she was talking about how, um, yeah, oh, I hate that word goddess, I hate that word, or was it queen, one of those. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And I left it at that. I was like, because, and I just explained to her, I'm like, yeah, well, to me, that means being sovereign. That means being complete. That means being in your power. That doesn't mean that someone else doesn't have their power. That just means you're in yours. Um, but she didn't see it that way. So difference of opinion, it is what it is. But now, like after years of working on my path and connecting with the feminine. Like I've looked at parts, I'm like, okay, well, why are people so triggered? And it's not just her because I actually see, I've seen other people say, well, how could you think that you are divine? I'm like, well, by thinking I'm divine, I'm thinking everyone's divine. I'm thinking the earth beneath me is divine. The cosmos above me is divine. So how, how, why is that triggering to you? Like, where are you not seeing your interconnectedness with all things that you feel automatically challenged when someone says, we are all infinite consciousness, we are all queens, we are all kings. Now, some of us may not be manifesting the, that elevated high, that version of that energy that is the purest essence of it, 
I mean, I'm sure that, well, there have been many kings and queens that were completely not about serving, not about their people. They were about taking everything. Yes, there have been those, but that's not the fullest expression of it. That is a, an egoic, that is a being that is operating from the ego, from that limited consciousness that tells us that we are all separate. Because when we understand that we are all oneness, we all have a direct line to the divine, then there is no need to look at another woman and think, oh, I'm, I don't like you. I'm threatened by you. I don't like the way you speak. I don't like the way you look. Like, there's no need. Because there is wisdom in all that is around us and every being is here to share their own their own gifts in their own unique way so that that wisdom is also feminine and there is wisdom in women that are uh, I hate to say the word older because it's not older women that are experienced women that have lived many 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 lifetimes in this physical body like how many like I, I don't know how many times i think i've died and been reborn there are so many versions of myself that are in the ground somewhere <laughs> and this is simply my current iteration at this point this is just who i am and as i get older uh, there's going to be more iterations and there's going to be, um, hopefully, this is my, my hope, that I'm going to embody more and more of my soul as we, as we continue this earthly journey. But there is so much wisdom and beauty in just sitting and speaking with a woman that is older than you, that, is, that has lived through more seasons than you. There is, there is a calmness and a serenity to that and a confidence behind that, the words that that woman speaks. And I'm, I'm thinking of one of my teachers as I'm, speak, I'm sharing this. There is just a confidence and a, and a safety and a, a groundedness to what she shares. And it's like, it's fascinating. I just want I feel like a kid. You know how when you were a kid and you would like sit at, at your grandmother's feet and you would just like, just be all kinds of like, oh my God, yes. And this is how we used to live. This is, we used to live in community where the women supported one another, where we were sisters and we were aunties. And the older women would nurture the younger and would support them and allow them to grow and expand and spread their wings and share their gifts. This is what our society is missing. The older women, at least when I worked corporate, ooh, they were catty. <laughs> they were super catty and super just like judgy and shit. Like it was just not, not a, not a friendly environment, not an environment that was nurturing and supportive and about let me help you, let me help you so you can be better and then you can make my life easier because we help each other. 
there was none of that. I'm hoping that it's changed now, although sometimes I don't see it. Um, but it's sometimes I just look at people around in, uh, in my muggle job and I'm like, wait a second, why are you thwarting this? Like, what, what is your deal? And I just have to send light. I just have to send light because some people just don't know and they don't get it and it is what it is and you can't make it about you. It's not about me. So when you feel yourself triggered, when you feel yourself, you know, kind of like something about a situation is just stirring you up. Look within. Look within. Call forth that feminine wisdom and allow it to guide you to what it is within you that needs support, that needs nurturing, that needs love, that needs attention. Seek and you will find. So let's talk about goddesses. So there are many different goddesses. As I mentioned, I started this off with the different goddesses of different pantheons. And one of the, the feminine archetypes that I align with, um, oh God, there are many, um, Isis, Hathor, Mary Magdalene, What's funny is that I never aligned with Mother Mary until recently. Recently, when I actually started delving into her and learning about her in my mystery school training, um, in my priestess training, um, yeah, then, then I began to understand. Because our, again, our society teaches us that holy women are passive, submissive, even Eve. We've been taught that Eve was, Eve was submissive. Eve was not submissive. But we've been taught that. We've been taught to think that the, the correct and most, most acceptable version of the feminine <laughs> is that which is quiet, docile, submissive, subservient, inconsequential in some ways, and constantly serving a man or society or family or whatever it is doesn't matter however that's not that's not true and if you look at the real history of these holy women mother mary was a priestess mother mary was was a being a higher consciousness being that was incarnated as Mother Mary in that lifetime. But she was chanting and, and doing her her priestess things when she was she went to the temple at three years old, if I'm not mistaken. Like she was a higher consciousness being. Like she was weaving in the temple when she was like six. So it's these these archetypes that we've been taught we're submissive and we're at the mercy of, well, the angel said you're going to conceive divinely and you're just a vessel. She wasn't a vessel. She wasn't just a vessel, let me rephrase that. She was, she was groomed, groomed, even though now, she was trained, let's use that. She actively chose to train to be a priestess of the light to embody and incarnate a higher consciousness being through her body, through light conception. 
that is the story. And if you wish to delve more into it, delve into the Gospel of Mary, the birth of Mary, I think is what it's called. There, is, there are so many treasures that we haven't even, most of us have not even read. We think that the Bible is, is all there is. Meanwhile, the Bible was decided what it would be and edited and re-edited and mistranslated by, you know, by the time it reached the Council of Nicaea. And then, you know, it was like, no, 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 these books, we don't like them. They teach people about being free and sovereign. No, 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 fuck those. Uh, these, these ones, these support our agenda. These support control. And that's what we, that's what we have now. <laughs> that's not all there is. That's never all there is. And most of, most of what Yeshua taught, it's not in those books. And if you want to delve into it, perhaps you should get the Aramaic. Get the OG language or the OG translation directly from that Aramaic. Because what was written was translated from Aramaic to Greek, to Latin, and then to something else. And if you speak multiple languages like I do, you know very well the translation from language to language to language to language will be distorted. You cannot translate a text from one language to another to another and to another and then to God knows how many others and then think that that's, that's the, oh yeah, that's, that's the truth. I don't know about that. As I always tell everyone, you receive and go do your own research. Do your own research. Read the books. Ask for wisdom. Call forth your higher self, your soul, and ask to be guided to what it is that you need because it's going to be different. So, goddesses that I, that's so, Mother Mary, one of the goddesses that I am, or feminine archetypes that I am aligning to more and more, and I call her forth in my sound healings and energy healing sessions, and whenever I do work on myself as well. Mary Magdalene, another one, medium of Magdala, of Magdalitha, another divine feminine archetype that I work with, and again, very misunderstood woman. I saw the passion of the Christ and I resisted seeing it for years and years and years. When I finally saw it, I was bawling my eyes out because I literally felt viscerally I was there. I was, I lived during that time. And I don't know who I was. I don't know what part of my soul was there. But I felt so connected to it. And how, and I, and I felt, I'm like, there is, that, that story is wrong. There is so much in that story that is not the story. But they got the gist of it. They definitely did get the gist of it. And medium, Mariam, again, Ma Mary, Mariam, is a title, title of the priestess. So medium, Mariam, she was, she was from a wealthy family. She was a trained priestess. She was studying. She was devoting herself to being of service for years. 
We don't know about that. We haven't heard. Most of us have not hadn't even heard of that. I only recently discovered that. The more I delved, the more I found out. But you know, we aren't taught of the powerful women and the powerful oracles that came before. They're subjugated to like, oh, she was a prostitute. She, and now the latest incarnation, she was a tantric, an Isis tantric priestess or something like that. Now she wasn't. She was a Madhyam, a priestess of the light like Mary, like Mother Mary. And if you look, there are so many stories across so many lineages of divine birth, of divine conception, of calling down a being of a higher consciousness to this earth through you. This is why women, we are so powerful. You are the vessel through which life incarnates. Energy only incarnates through woman. only through woman. How much power is in your womb? How much power do you hold within? And how much trauma do we hold? We hold so much lifetimes. And so we clear, and so we do our work, and so we open ourselves to embody even more light to allow what needs to be released to be shed. Go to the source. Call forth the source of creation. Allow yourself to receive, to be open, to be purified. There is so much wisdom within you. There is so much wisdom within your womb. Your womb space is a powerful portal. And yet so many of us are so annoyed by it. Ugh, I'm on my cycle. I feel like shit. <laughs> you know, or we don't, or we think that empowerment is, you know, how many people, the body count, how many people do we engage with? That's not power question is why are you doing it? Why do you feel that's empowerment? Because society has told you that the level of attractiveness is defined by how many partners you have? I don't know about that. That to me is a lack of control. It's a lack, it's, it's a unconsciousness. It's an unknowing of your own power. Because if you knew that your energetic field merges with the energetic field of whatever being you're engaging with. So whatever traumas and unprocessed nonsense they have, now you have. <laughs> so particularly women, men's aura is somewhat clear every 28 days or 28, 21 days. Their auras are somewhat all right. I mean, not necessarily, but for women, we hold that energy far, far longer in our energetic fields. And then we wonder why we're all confused, why we suffer from lack of abundance and confidence, issues with our confidence, issues with our bodies, health issues. It's time to start clearing and healing our womb, bringing more light into our womb so we can 
let go of d distorted programs and the limiting beliefs and all of those things that just, they aren't in alignment with who you are. They aren't a, an aspect of your soul and it served its purpose. Haven't we learned enough? I mean, we're always gonna be learning, but from those particular lessons, I mean, isn't it time to just graduate from that class? <laughs> aren't you tired? Like, I, I had to make my peace and be like, no, no, no. I'm done with that lesson. We're good. We're solid. We're square. And now I know when I see that nonsense coming back, I'm like, hmm, I know you. I'm going to go over there. <laughs> I'm going to be different. I'm just not going to let you get to me because I know you. That is the wisdom. That is the feminine. That is, yeah, that is the wisdom, that is the feminine. Yeah, it is. So whatever it is that brings you to your feminine, whether it is meditation, whether it is a dance, whether it is sound healing, whether it is walking in nature, whether it is drawing, whether it is spoken word, poetry, however you connect to that divine feminine consciousness. Allow it to flow through you. Allow that golden light of creation to be birthed through you. Because this is what we are here to do. We are here to co-create, to manifest. And while these things, and we often hear this, and my teacher mentions this often and often, ad nauseum, which is wonderful because we need this reminder. We're taught love is our birthright, prosperity is our birthright, abundance is our birthright. Yeah, it is. And we have to work for it. Why? Because we chose this incarnation. We chose to in incarnate and to encounter whatever it is, work through whatever traumas and karmas that we chose to take on. We chose them to transcend them, to transmute them, to alchemize them, to create something beautiful out of what is seemingly traumatic, seemingly hard, seemingly uncomfortable and painful. We chose that for our soul's evolution, for our soul's expansion, for us to truly know what it means to embody our soul, to embody our light, to radiate our light, and to allow each other to soar, to really spread our wings, and not listen to the fear, and the doubt, and the anxiety, and the, oh, that person is gonna judge me when I say this. Let them judge. Let them. That says more about them than it does about you. Allow your pure heart to flow, to be open. Allow love to expand and radiate from your heart space throughout your energetic field. 
and allow it to bless all that you do, all that you say, all that you think. Allow the blessings of the divine to flow through you. It's interesting, it's like I, I channel, I go in between channeling just the wisdom of love, the chokhmah, the wisdom of the feminine. There is peace, there is love, there is beauty, there is harmony. There is grace all around you, within you. It is everywhere. All one needs to do is connect and open. Open your sacred vessel. Receive. And allow, allow the beauty to flow. I thank you for listening and I will go into the sound healing next and if you like this episode please subscribe give it a review share it with your friends um, we're, we're here we're building community we're building a community where we are heart centered centered in our infinite power of the womb, of creation, of beauty, of joy, of all things that are aligned with the divine. Again, thank you for listening. Ahava, and we are going into our sound healing.